Matters. That's the stuff you got to watch. No matter how old we are, we are all role models, passive or active. But are we good or bad role models? It's part two of our chat with Professor Art Markman, including changing bad behaviour. If you want to change those patterns of behaviour, what do you have to do? And one of the very first things you have to do is to begin to become mindful of all of these elements of your life that have been mindless uh, up to this point. Yeah. And so analyzing your life, thinking a little bit about what is the source of some of these behaviors that I engage in, and how can I develop a, a plan to act in a, in a way that, that is more in keeping with the values that I'd like to have. That, that actually requires effort and, and work. And, uh, and if you put that effort and work in, uh, the, the beauty of this is, A, you really can change your own behavior. But B, by changing your behavior, you actually can have this influence on everyone else around you simply because they are seeing your actions in the world. And I guess in a way that, that sort of reflects on what Dr. Townsend and Dr. Cloud have spoken about in Boundaries. If I was to crudely summarize it by saying we become like the people we hang around the most, you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. And and you know, if you if you look at some of the, the large scale data that have been collected over the last several years on social networks, you begin to see that that lots of behaviors uh, occur in clumps. So if the people in your social network, for example, uh, are overweight, there is a high probability that you will also be overweight. And, and there's, of course, lots of reasons for that, some of which are probably more socioeconomic than behavioral. But one of the big components of this is that if you are spending a lot of time with people who aren't exercising a lot and are overeating, there's a high probability that you're going to end up adopting that same set of goals. And conversely, if you're spending a lot of time with people who exercise a lot and eat in healthy ways, uh, you're also likely to adopt that set of behaviors. It is, it is often impossible to make significant changes in your life without making at least some changes in the people that you spend time with. Do you have a faith at all that has helped you through all of this as well? Um, I, you know, I do. I, uh, I am Jewish. I spend a tremendous amount of time in the, in the Austin, Texas area um, uh, at the University of Texas uh, leading uh, one of the groups uh, that, that's on campus uh, working, with, uh, working with the students here. And, and I spend a lot of time when I speak with them about think, uh, helping them to think about their behavior and how the various points of the, of the calendar uh, can really be valuable ways of, of helping to, to change your behavior and to become the person that you want to be rather than perpetuating the person that you've been in the past. Wow, that's awesome. Can you just elaborate on those events, some of those events? In Judaism, one of the things that you see is that um, uh, as you approach the, the high holidays, which happen in the fall, um, there's a, a full month that's built into the calendar uh, right at the end of the year that is designed to give people a month to reflect on who they were in the year, uh, in the previous year, and, and what they did well and what they didn't do so well, and a month to apologize to the people that you've hurt. Wow. And, uh, and then um, the way the calendar is designed on, on the holiday called Rosh Hashanah, which is the... Um, the, the new year, 
At that time, you are supposed to commit to the person that you want to be in the year to come and to be and to spend two days really being mindful about the changes that you want to make, at which point there's a 10-day period between uh, the new year and uh, and the next holiday, which is Yom Kippur, which is often called the Day of Atonement. Yeah. There's a 10-day period in there in which you are supposed to really reflect on who you want to be, plan for who you want to be, prepare for who you want to be, and then uh, when you reach this this Yom Kippur holiday, which is the most solemn day of the year, that's the point at which you commit fully. This is who I'm going to be in the year to come, and uh, and then you go and do it. Wow! And and you spend the year doing it. And what's beautiful about this, you have you have about a about forty days to really uh, think about who you want to be, think about how you want to be different in the in the next year, commit to it. But then after that, you're supposed to do it and not continue the infinite navel-gazing for the rest of the year. Yeah, right. Get out and do it uh, and, and be the person you're going to be. And then, you know, the next year, you'll have the opportunity to go through that period of reflection again. And I think it's a, it's a wonderful uh, way to balance the, the self-reflection that's necessary to change with the need to actually get out and, and engage in the world. That's brilliant. So it's a beautiful thing, and it's something that I like to spend a lot of time helping people to work through. My last question would be, what would you say to the parent who has demonstrated a good example, and yet the teenagers are in stages of rebellion and disrespect, which is um, a global thing, and it's not just a current thing. It's like Tacitus talks about it in, in the first century AD, about the waywardness of youth, you know. Yeah, um, you know, there's there's several things to say there, and of course you've touched on something that's extremely uh, difficult as a as a parent, and I'm a parent of, of of three teenagers, so I'm 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 well aware of of this. A friend of mine once told me the the one and only developmental psychology joke. Uh, so developmental psychology studies how how kids grow and develop, and as he pointed out, you know, the joke goes that uh, developmental psychologist has a kid and and writes a, a book on on a theory of of how children develop, and then has a second child and writes a book on individual differences. And of course, that's, you know, one of the things to remember is that we are so genetically different from each other, uh, you know, even even siblings, that it's very difficult to predict just from the behavior of one child, how another child is going to act. And, and two kids growing up in exactly the same environment can end up very different. And uh, uh, for reasons that have have really nothing to do with all of the things that they were exposed to. And so I think that, you know, parents, we, we all have to do the best job we can and then really hope that things work out. Another piece to remember is that there are social roles that we take on throughout our lives. And the teenage years are, are simply uh, a time when children are asserting their independence and, and trying to become independent people. And of course, as parents, we want that. We want our kids to be dependent on us for a while and then to become independent and become fine, upstanding members of, of society all by themselves. And part of that process is that they actually have to learn to be independent. And, and, and that means in some ways rejecting, at least for a, a short period of time. And I think it's important to remember that in those periods that you, you have to keep up the good example because even though a child is ignoring on the surface what you're saying, and really trying to um, demonstrate their independence, that, that on the other hand, uh, they're still watching. They're still absorbing. And, and they're still 
paying attention to what you're doing. Yeah. And, um, and you will find that a child who is really rebellious at 16 or 17, at 21 or 22, has come back around and realized you, you may not be the dumbest person on the planet. Yeah, right. And, and they continue to adopt some of the things that you've done. And so, you know, parents have to get through the teenage years you know, as best as they can, and, and realize that if they just continue showing that example, that most rebellious teenagers grow up into, into wonderful adults. That's the stuff you got to watch. That's the stuff you got to watch. Professor Art Markman from the University of Texas. I think our ultimate role model would have to be Jesus. As he says in Mark 10 in the Bible, the Son of Man didn't come here to be served, but to serve. Light and Life, the Salvo's weekly radio show.